Hello and welcome to 97.9 Unity Radio, Worcester's top station, the best sports show around, Moneyline. I am here with two incredible guests. First, I will introduce former Harvard and Cornell coach, assistant coach, offensive coordinator, a brilliant mind, a tactician, Joseph Villapiano, also a former teammate of mine at the University of Connecticut. Joseph, welcome. Cully, thanks for having me, man. Those, those are very kind words. I know. I'm way too nice to you. Um, Joseph was on our podcast earlier this week, and it completely blew up. So, you know, we, we had to have him on again. It just backed by popular demand. And even better, Joseph got one of his friends, someone who I have met once, but I've heard so much about, and I'm very excited to talk to, currently the head coach at Worcester Academy, Mr. Jeremy Bandy. How are you, sir? I'm good, Cully. Thanks for having me, man. Really excited to uh, chat here this morning. I'm, I'm just uh, I'm trying to bet on soccer through DraftKings. We're going. I don't really understand <laughs> the teams, but but that's what I'm doing right now. And I got a cigar, and I'm I'm sitting in my other job. But we don't have to get into those details. You know what We're though? Going. You know what though? That's that that's great. That's great. You you need something to bet on. There's no more football. I mean, I'd go bet on dog racing right now if I could. So yeah, I, I don't. This double chance thing is confusing. Go ahead, keep going. Sorry to, to distract. <laughs> Um, you know, let me let me ask you just because I spent um, almost ten years in Worcester. You are are in Worcester. Uh, I am just curious to know how long have you been now at Worcester Academy? So this was our fourth season, or no, it was our third season. But I, I we've been back. My wife and I we, we spent a year down the Lehigh Valley. Uh, when I was at Lehigh. Oh, you did? You, okay, you were at Lehigh. Yeah, yeah. That was it, that, that almost felt like a study abroad trip because I was there like eight months. Right? Uh, <laughs> well, you know. The, your, your, buddy, your, buddy, your buddy got to fire me. So when he got hired, whoever the hell made that decision to hire your buddy there as the head coach at Lehigh. And, he, uh, and, him, and I, him and I didn't see eye to eye. So. Yeah, and, and, you know, I take offense because everybody does call him my buddy. And uh, the reason the, the reason why is, I I probably had five thousand lunches and dinners with him. I was the only one who would eat with him, so everyone thought I was his best friend, and because because nobody would go with him, and I I just started going with him, and yeah, so so he was my buddy. I, I that is true. I appreciate that. So he had a nice eight month stint down at Lehigh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, did, did coach, did coach Gilmore, did he change at all? Did you see any difference in him? Um, you know what? It was, it was such a limited, I mean, I don't even think I was with him a week. I mean, he, okay. he got hired. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Cully, if you ever went to a, uh, one of the coaching conventions. I did. Yes. Yes. But yes. yeah, my wife and I were at that convention actually in Vipsal. Remember this? I, I think I interviewed for the O-line job at Cornell when I was down there. I think we were in San Antonio. Yeah, we were in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when I was flying back, 
uh, I literally landed in, in my phone had about 50 text messages because while I was in the air, they announced him as the head coach. Which blew my mind, to, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? And it was weird. I, we got home. I, you know, went to bed, woke up the next day, went in the office and bumped into him. And oh, there okay, was all so, the media stuff. And, like, yeah, I didn't even know. Like, there so, was not even a conversation before with him about what was going on. So you – okay, so I had my timeline wrong. You were already there when he got Yeah, married. yeah. I was with – I spent I spent uh, a season with uh, Coach Cohen, Andy Cohen. Andy, right? Who's a legend? Which is, who's a legend, right? Yeah, All time he, wins guy. He's a, he's a really and, good guy. Yeah, and unfortunately, he got he got really sick. He got sick, he right? Had, yeah. So the, he he kind of you know was was re, he retired because of his health. That's what I yeah because that's and, that's what I thought and yeah coach and then, um, coach he had been like uh an analyst somewhere wasn't he at the time yeah, he, to, he was at, he was at wake he was at wake that's right with with his yeah. buddy but to to answer your question i i did not notice a change but again i wasn't, he is who I wasn't he is. around him i wasn't around him long enough but i heard you know because and not the name drop and be that guy but there are coaches that lehigh still that were on that staff of course one now. yeah but and then he stayed with coach and then the the head coach is there now cahill he kept him as well and nothing changed it was the exact same thing and all you got to do is just just look at the record man yeah wins and losses you can tell yeah no i no i i i agree with you so did uh did you actually work for gilmore or he he fired you um, I sat, he made me sit at my desk for three days and then he fired me on a Friday. Oh my God. <laughs> but I mean, you see, I'm Joe, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm asking him this. No, uh, it, it just, it, 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 you, he like, he talked about you when I was at Holy Cross, like you were the best offensive line coach ever. He, he, yeah, he really did. He, he said such great things about you. Um, and I like I thought you had uh, a, like a closer relationship. But, I mean, I, I think I, I knew that he was butthurt when you went to Harvard. He was like, like well, yeah, the, I mean. That, that, that but, chapped him. But, but again, but, pers- perspective, right? Of course. I mean, Who wouldn't go Joe to and I have talked about this. Joe and I talk about this all the time, man. Like working at that place, dude, there's no I, – I firmly believe this, and I'll probably believe this until the day I die, that there may not be a better job in the Northeast than Harvard. And no, that includes no, no, D.C., Syracuse, Yukon. No, I agree with you. No question. I agree with you. It's, no. a, it, it's a special place, man. There's no On better top of, yes job. No doubt, Fitz. No yeah. doubt, Fitz. So, and then when Harvard finally started paying guys, yeah, they, they, they like everyone salaries, else was yeah. getting paid. Yeah. So that's, I took a, you know, it made no sense for me to go to the best school in the world and, and no, have a $50,000 uh, raise. Yeah, that's, totally. a, yeah, that's ridiculous. TG's right. I should have stayed in Worcester making forty grand. It was awesome. Because <laughs> like, I just thought it was weird that, like, he took it personally. But I swear to God, he always talked about you like you were the best offensive line coach he ever had. So I learned so much football from him. And that's the one thing that I don't ever want this to like, you know, you're always, you're always appreciative of the people you work for. They give you opportunities. And everyone really learn, everyone like teaches my, you something. Yeah. And that guy really gave me my first like division one job. 
dude, I was a Division three O line guy in Western yeah. Pennsylvania. There's like no reason for him to hire me. Um, what do you think the difference was when he got to Lehigh? Why he didn't talk with you or, you know, discuss retaining you? Do you do you, do you have any yeah. thoughts about? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to. We don't. I don't need to get too personal and go down yeah. memory lane. I just. I think that I was at a different stage in my career. Yeah. I think he wanted a younger, a younger guy that he could bring in and yeah. manipulate's not the right well, word. Well, no, he have likes a little to... more gra- have a little more grasp on yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he... I got you. Yeah. No. No. He like. He, he, I. I know what you're saying. He likes younger guys, and then he can mold them and teach yeah. them the way he wants them to coach. So and, and Joe knows this. I don't I think the same thing happened in Cambridge. Well that's what I was gonna... I got to the point I got to the point in my career where I was I wasn't I wasn't just gonna be a yes man anymore for the head guy. And like I, I think the best head coaches I've ever been around and those guys are two of the best, but you gotta let your coaches coach and you gotta let them have opinions and you can't micromanage. Like nah man, yeah. it can't it doesn't have to be the same thing over and over. There's, but whatever. Joe, I, I regret. What would you say um, about Tim Murphy working for working for him? What was what was his style? Um, I mean, compared to Coach Gilmore, who's seven a.m. to eleven p.m. and you know we're watching film from three years ago because they may run a play. Like, it was was Murphy that like crazy about it or was did he was he more hands off no you know well he he was you know he's definitely a, a family man you know he wanted to be um you know we would get in early you know 7 a.m yeah you know basically 6 50 10, yep. 10 minutes fast uh, but then after practice you know he was gone man his 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 engine was running and he was out of there that's yeah to go home and see his family um, and you know, so, you know, some of us stayed and did our parts of the game plan and all that stuff. Um, he was very heavily involved in the offense and recruiting for sure. Um, but defensively, and I think he talked to those guys one time a week. Yeah. Um, so, so if you're on the offensive side of the ball, you're dealing with them all day, every day. And he's an offensive line guy, so I got to sit. Oh, in he was okay. Where right? So him and Bandy would go back and forth and and talk about this and that. And, you know, so that, you know, as the, uh, as the years go on, you know, and, and to me, you know, I think I have some personality. Jeremy's got some personality. Both do, yes. And, and, you know, you know, those, uh, you know, we're not going to be yes men, you know, we're, we're going to be in there coaching. We're going to do our thing. We're going to have personality that kids are going to like us. We recruit good players and get after it. Um, you know, so that's really what we did there. And, and uh, we had some great offenses, man. We had some great times. Oh, I know you it's, did. I still have you know, nightmares. You, you, yeah, like like Bandy said, man. I mean, you pinch yourself when you walk through those that that office, and you're like, damn, man, I work here with these kids, yeah. and we and we can recruit anywhere we want, and anybody's gonna listen. No, and we're gonna walk into any place, and they're gonna be like, oh shit, this is a Harvard guy. You I, know, I, are we- I can't remember who was the offensive coordinator when you guys were both there. Joel Lamb. Okay, it was Lamb. Is he still there? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. Okay. So talk to me about the dynamics of you guys working together with uh, with Coach Lamb, you know, putting together the offensive game plan 
and you know the the, the the staff dynamic, how you guys all got along. Well, yeah, that's the staff dynamic was great, you know, and I think I think Bandy when he got there, um, the previous guy was not as as personable. I, I remember him. I remember him. Did yeah. he? He went to Stanford, didn't he? No. He didn't. No. Okay. I'm thinking. Nah, it's, they, I mean, he wasn't as personable, but maybe that's the secret, Joe. You get a head job yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. You get a head job. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, so we would, uh, you know, we'd all meet with Murph, and Murph liked to do everything formationally. We'd do that together. So we would do, you know, first and second down together right. with Murph. Joel would go do third down. I would do red zone. Uh, Jeremy would do you short do yardage goal line. Yep. A lot of um, run game. Run, run game. You know, so that's kind of how we did it. And, you know, we would break up. We'd watch a formation, then we'd break up. Um, so the dynamic was great. You know, Joel was very good with that and managing that, um, you know, just being super organized. I mean, the most organized guy you've ever met. No um, doubt. So, so that was really the thing. And then the difference when, when Jeremy got to Harvard, Joel was calling plays full time, right, JB? Yep. Okay. I think maybe that first year was was uh, was, that was it? Murph Murph was still Murph was still maybe calling a majority of it, or he at least still had his hand really in it. Yeah, right. And then maybe that's when Joel was doing third downs. Vince, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But then I think maybe that you know when Murph had the little bit of a health scare there. Yeah. I think that's when it all flipped, right? That's when Joel really really took grasp and called it and and called it. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so Which again, it, you think back, you think back. That was our best team. That was a ten and zero season. No, that was the ten and zero team. Yeah, ten and zero. Yeah, and Bandy, when you were there, how many how many Ivy League titles did you guys win? So I was there six seasons. I we won right. three. You won three. And we we should have won four. I don't know if Vips would agree with this. Maybe the O line because we were banged up. That first year I was there, that that mm-hmm. team. That was probably the most talent we had. Yeah. We, we had a couple injuries. We had a couple O-linemen got hurt late in the year. We we went down to Penn, and I, for whatever yeah. reason, man, in, in, in my short time there, playing at Penn was the hardest place for us. Yeah, uh, right? yeah. It was harder than playing in the Yale Bowl. It was harder than playing at Princeton. It was just a, right. just a pain in the ass. I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah it was a Frank, long Frank, drive. Franklin Field's horrible. Yeah, hey, Cully, I'm going to – Kelly, yes. I step away for 30 seconds. I'll be right back. Go ahead. Go get a drink. All right. All right. I'll be right back. <laughs> um, Joseph. Yeah. Um, so Lamb was a good guy. You guys uh, you guys all got along well. You had you had 10 and 0 seasons. You won Ivy League championships. Um, you had I mean you had so much success. And what I always thought was was awesome, like you really worked your way up the the ranks in the staff. Like, didn't you didn't you start like in oh oh eight oh nine or earlier? And like you were receivers and running backs, and and uh, you you got moved around, right? Yeah, I got moved around a little bit. I started there in two thousand five. That's what I thought. It was oh five. That was like oh. the first place you went. Well, yeah, right after two years at UConn as a GA, and yes. then I went. You know, Coach Coach Murphy hired me as the receivers coach, but the receivers coach at the time there was the video coordinator as well. Oh, so boy. I I had to spend every after every practice intercut the film. You know, That's put it so in the much system. fun. 
<laughs> then intercut it, yep. and then you know. I had to do so, that too. So I did that for a couple years, and then, and then Murph moved me to DBs actually for a year, and it actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I did at, at UConn. I was a defensive back GA. Oh, but the year okay. the year that he moved me to defensive backs, we were absolutely stacked. Yeah. And you remember, I think he recruited you, Coach Kevin Doherty. Duff. Right. Yes, Duff. Duff did recruit me. <laughs> yeah, Duff was Duff was our such um, a good guy. Yeah, all the best. He was our defensive coordinator and coached with us at UConn, so we knew each other. And it was the exact same defense we ran with Hank Hughes and okay. Todd Orlando at UConn. Right, so right. Doherty, so I got moved, you know, Murph moved me over to defensive backs. And he's, you know, Kevin Doherty let me run meetings. I was running meetings the entire spring. Yeah. Um, you know, because you have a lot of kids. And in spring ball, it was like, you know, half would meet this time, the other half would meet this time. So he would let me, he'd like, you take this half and just coach those guys. It was great. So I was coaching all four guys. But he, here's what I had. He was more hands-off. He let Very hands off. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's the mad scientist, man. Super smart. But what I had there, Kali, I had Steve Williams, who yep. like the all time Harvard interception leader. He was a senior. Andrew Berry, who's the GM for the Browns. He was our, oh, he was our that's right. Boy. That's right. So I had him. So that was two all Americans I had there. And then this kid, Matt Hansen. Who was a freshman from Colorado? He came in and was Ivy League defensive, defensive rookie of the year. So I had a stacked lineup, man. We had a lot of fun. It was, it was, and Coach Doherty, you know, let me coach the corners and and those two guys, Andrew Berry and Steve Williams. You know, it was it was awesome. It was a great experience. And then Murph moved me back to the offensive side of the ball and Shortly gave me after. recruiting coordinator. Yeah, and then I became the recruiting coordinator. And yeah. then JB came on a couple years later. Yeah, Phipps, I did not know that you coached defense. I didn't either. Yeah, I, I did. I, I, I don't think I, I ever start. knew that. I don't think that's I ever I, knew that. Dude. See, Bandy, that's, that's how I got my start. Man. Th- that's why I'm the best podcast host ever. <laughs> I ask the best questions. You, you draw it out of us. I do. I do. I pull it out. Now, Bandy, yeah. I'm I'm, a, I'm an offensive line guy, and uh, you're an offensive line guy. Tell me a little bit about um, your philosophy. Overall, what you look for in offensive linemen, um, and and some of the t- the types of run game schemes that you like and teach. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think what I've you know it's funny. I think my philosophy maybe has changed through the years. Well, of course, because you, you know, now now believe yeah now now believe it or not, being a, a prep school head coach, and and this is this is you know just because. I think one of the reasons that Worcester Academy was appealing to me is because I could still coach ball, um, and I still recruit. You know, I, I do a lot of yeah, recruiting. Both of you guys had reputations yeah. as incredible recruiters. Yeah, so it's like one of those things where I, I still meet families, and, and I'm a people person. I, I really you like are, to, yes. to meet people and talk about their story and who they are. But, um, dude, I want guys that love ball. I think that's the one thing that maybe and, – and Vips knows this, man. You're – there's not a recruiter in the country that hell is 75% of the time. Right. I mean, you're gonna, if, if you can, be, <laughs> yeah, you're right. if you can hit, if you can hit 50% on the kids you recruit, that's pretty good. Yeah, you're doing something right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I think now, it, it, you know, if I had to go tough. back and really look at it, I think some of those guys we recruited even at Harvard and through the other places I had stops at really get to know how much they love football. Because if they don't like it, man, when it gets hard, they're going to walk away. Mm-hmm. 
Do, do they're going to find every reason, every reason they can to not play. Hey, I'm in this. Uh, you know, I just joined this um, this fraternity. I, I like yeah, this other right. sport. You know, I I want to concentrate on this more. Hey, my academics are going to be really tough. But right. you know, it's those guys that. You know, you want the guys that obviously the are passion. there because they love football. You know, you want obviously great students and great people, but they better love football. Because when it gets hard, that's what's going to come back to. But I would say all the other physical attributes, obviously, at that level, you better have length. You better have height. You better be an athlete. And then the ability to bend, you know, all the stuff. You, you like know, the, you you like the flexibility. The flexibility. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Your, the, the knees, the ankles, the hips, you all look that at stuff. All that. And, yep. Yeah. You know, and then it, it comes down to watching the tape, and, and what do they look like on tape? You know, are they are they grabbing guys and holding and torquing and throwing? Or are they literally like moving objects around the field? Now, are are you a fan? Because I, so many guys, coaches have adopted the two step and then fucking torque them. Are, are did, did you teach I that? Think Were you a fan of I, that or no? You know what? I think there's a. I think in some of the concepts, some of the zone run stuff, especially. Yeah. I think there is a place for it. Um, I just think I, people I, do it too fast. Like I would teach I guys to drive. You got to drive them like a couple yards, you and then you got to right? throw them. Yes. And, and Joe, Joe, you'll remember this, right, Matt? We had a we had a kid, uh, a big left tackle, who had a cup of coffee in the league. Uh, kid for a West Coast kid named Max Rich, and he he got yeah. really good. He he played with a really good group, and then mm-hmm. he kind of became the senior leader. But uh, I think it was what we were at Lafayette Vips, and yeah. he he was grabbing the D end, and he would like Cully. It's like you said, he would attack the aiming point, yes. and get the kid moving, and, and then, then he, he just could feel the leverage and torque him, and then and he threw him, a kid yeah. like out of bounds, yeah. like threw him yeah. into the bench. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? It yeah. was like, holy shit, this kid's really, really feeling this. And um, but then, hey, as far as scheme, I've come full circle, man. I used to be a zone guy, right, for uh, the life of me, like uh, inside, outside. We're doing them all, yeah. dude. Now, Worcester Academy, and I, and I think what's helped me is because I'm teaching such younger kids how to play, right. I'm, we're all gap, man. You're going back. We to run a power. little bit of zone, yeah, yeah, because it's. It's, it goes back to the old wing T shit, right? A lot yeah. of these kids, when they play youth football, that's what they do. And it's as simple as gap down backer, right? I have a gap. If there's no one there, I block down. Exactly. If there's no one there, I go to the linebacker. Yeah, zone. So, that, that's, is, yeah. Because yeah. z- z- zone, the the, zone is the zone count. You got you to gotta count. You got to count everything. Yeah. Oh, they got to yeah. know who you're yeah. one, two, three, who they're working to. So I, I see what you're yeah. saying. You're like, so you're, you're more power, um, counter. Ton of counter, dude. Ton of counter. Yeah, I think you're that, a counter you, guy. You see that. You <laughs> see that, though. That's all over football, right? That's. I think you started seeing it at the collegiate level, and now the pros. I mean, everyone's doing it. Joe. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, though. I mean, I think, I think you know, Bandy bought counter to Harvard. You know, we didn't really do a ton of that. We were, we were main inside zone, yes, outside right. zone. Right. And then JB bought, you know, some counter with it. With, we had some great tight ends, man. So. You know, you get that, that that you know guard and tight end pull counter stuff was really really good for us, and so that was you know yeah yeah we we've gone we've done it all you know between you know at Harvard and then here at Cornell, you know but I think you know Bandy was you know great coach in the zone schemes. We had the kids that could run and execute it, you know just from I was a receiver coach just watching it, you know JV had those guys working together and great combos and. Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I had, uh, that undefeated. Sorry to cut you off, Joe. 
Kelly, I didn't have to coach, dude. The, the group was the group. I swear to God, they could have had a like, trained monkey coach, and it would have yeah, worked. Give me a lawn, give me the lawn chair, give me a cigar. Literally, Indy, Indy for me was just freaking hanging out and you know just being like, all right, what do you guys want to do today? Yeah, and they all, but but it all goes back to too. All those dudes, man, loved football. you. Recruit, yeah, they you were. Well. They were just like those guys were. Holy shit, man. Yeah, and, and uh, I still talk to those guys today. Those are my guys. Yeah, I'm the, the same way. You have relationships with them forever. You go yeah. to the, you go to their weddings. It's yep. it's such. You're so proud to see how successful they are because you know everyone. <laughs> you go to Harvard, you're uh, you're going to be doing something. Um, yeah. Joseph, when mm. you got to Cornell and you were running your own dairy, you're you're now the offensive coordinator, and you know you really paid your dues like you you were mm-hmm. you were an assistant for over 10 10 years now you're the man you're in charge how was it for you you know putting your first staff together and then you know were you nervous about being in charge were you were you good about delegating did you have to come down hard on some guys like the what was what was the change for you now being the OC yeah, I think, uh, you know, if there's one thing, you know, it's kind of like what Bandy just said, you know, at Harvard, you know, that place recruits itself. You're going to get the, exactly the top of the top elite. Um, so, you know, really, if you're if your schemes, not 100 percent, the kids can bail you out sometimes. So kid can we, just make somebody yes. miss and bail you out or, a deep, you know, you don't you have, have to be perfect. Defense. You don't have to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. At Cornell, you spend all Saturday, all Sunday, all Monday to try to gain four yards. Well, you got to out scheme um, everyone because you don't you have the personnel. Now, at the time, at the time, I didn't really understand that because I was, you know, coming from Harvard. I always respected the Cornell kids. I was tough ass. You know, it's the blue yes. collar Ivy. You know, correct. Um, so the the biggest thing that going from uh, you know the receivers coach to the offensive coordinator that I found was. You get in the room and you, you got your staff hired, and now you have all these ideas. You have five or six. Oh, I know, co- I know. Coaches there that have different they, ideas. They all want to run. They like. <laughs> yeah. They all want to run this, and they run that, and run this. And this. I did this here. I did this, this there, and and you can't do all of it. No, no, you, know, you can't if, be do all things to all people. No, and if there's one thing that Tim Murphy taught us, it's. Hey, we are going to be good at what we do. We're not going to yep. do too many things and make mistakes and beat ourselves. So let's let's get our identity and let's hang our hat on those things. And from my standpoint, my chair, when I got to Cornell, um, you know, they they were a very pass happy team, and they get the quarterback absolutely murdered. The oh, I know um, that that one kid. I remember the they had that good quarterback. Was it Matthews? Yeah. Yes, Jeff my, Matthews. My God, he could he could sling it, and yeah. he got just annihilated. He would get annihilated, annihilated. and they yeah, and they, and they didn't they, they didn't even try to protect him. They 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 no, they, no. they they had five out. They wouldn't they even keep a back end. Well, well, yeah. like, but they couldn't. It, it, and that's the thing, you know. That's the one thing you you realize here at Cornell. It's like, yeah, you can have all the seven man protections in the world, but that that doesn't matter because the left guard is going to freaking miss. Yes. Right, right. So, so what we did when I got here is like, dude, we got to change this identity. Yeah, I'm a receivers coach, but I came from UConn, and at UConn, we got under center and we pounded the football. You know, yes, that was our that was our philosophy. Yes. So 
so that's that's really what we tried to do. We tried to gain that identity of being the tough, physical, blue collar team. We're not going to sit in a shotgun and go five wide. No, you you were different. And, yes, and and so, did you have input on your staff? Did were you, were you like allowed to hire who you wanted, or yes. you okay? So so you did get yeah. to bring in who you wanted. That was good. Well, not not my first year. But once, I, we did bring in, we brought in one coach, a receiver coach that I had a lot of input in my first year. But then I would say after my second year, Arch was like, hey, man, I'll help you with the process. But you can get your you can get your guys. Yeah, he's going to be in your room. So I want you to be comfortable with him. Right. You know? So right. that's what that was really, uh, I thought, you know, pretty, pretty good because most head coaches make hires. But then he gets into the offensive staff room and then. You know, it's like, well, the head coach isn't even here. Yeah. How does he know what, what they're looking for? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, so our, our arc is really good with that. Mr. Uh, Mr. Bandy, now, you you didn't – I know you had the run scheme stuff. You didn't call plays at Harvard, correct? No, no. So, just just other than giving input on those situational things that Joe mentioned. Now, yeah. So, now, is Worcester Academy, it, it, are you calling plays there? I am. And I, that's I do, your I first do time it. doing it, right? First time, yep. Okay. Um, how has that been going for you? Because, again, you paid your dues. You yeah. learned from everyone. What's it like now, you know, being a head coach? Now you're the head man, and, you know, you're calling the plays. You're recruiting. you got to, yeah. you know, manage the staff. You know, and, and you, you're, you've obviously matured. That's all. That's that's a lot to handle. Like, I mean, what would you say about your experience as a head coach now, and uh, how you've been calling plays? I think the biggest thing for me, and and I got lucky early. So, so our first year, you know, we didn't play football because of COVID. Correct. Um. So, and and thank God we didn't because there were about twenty kids on the roster, and there wasn't a quarterback. Believe it or not, and. and you know, we could point fingers and talk about why, but for whatever reason, the previous regime just kind of ran the thing into the ground a little bit. No, I know and they did. I know. I, how many and, How um, many recruiting slots would they give you to bring well, in? Well, it's it's funny. Everyone asks that. So the, the way the only spots I, I know that are guaranteed for me are the postgraduates, right? So the PGs. The league that we're okay. in now, the PGs, yep. So we get three, we get three PGs a year. Okay. And those are guaranteed. And then everything else from that, man, I, I, I equate it to this. And I tell families this and, and people that are unfamiliar with the process. The Worcester Caddy fo- football team is my business. And I got to make sure that we don't spend a lot of time in the red, meaning that I better bring in families that can pay. Oh, okay, and I can bring right. families in that need money too. So there's, so there's you mix not it. like a – there's not like a slotted thing where it's like, okay, hey, we're giving you these eight slots – you know, go fill them but for full financial think, aid or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. in our, in our three years now of going through the recruiting process and really doing it the first year, and this is includes the three postgrads, we brought in 15 families. And then this past cycle, we brought in 12 and then coming up here in March, all the admissions decisions are sent out. Uh, I think March eighth this year, and we're looking to bring in twelve to fifteen new families. So okay, so, so that's that's not like it's not like um, you know Division one or even the Ivy League where you're bringing in twenty five, thirty kids. Yeah, you're bringing in yeah, twelve no, to fifteen. 
it's all need based aid too. There's of no course, scholarships. Yes. We right. don't we don't there's no there's not the Joe Villapiano family football scholarship <laughs> no. that we give to a kid every year. It's like Georgetown. It, it's just that. Yeah. Yeah. But I I again I go back and not to make this the longest story ever, but Bandy, this is really, your show. You you can make the longest no, no, story no, you this want. Is in my, this is this is our show. <laughs> It's actually your show. I'm just a guest. But, well, yes. Um, the, the thing that really helped me, and and Joe can attest to this, and, and when you see this and it comes together, this is why you have success. I got really lucky that I met some really good guys in Central Mass that are on my staff now. Right, right. And, like, we're, we're, we're all the kind of same guy. We all have the same kind of – uh, philosophical ideas in recruiting and who we want to be as a team. And, um, you know, I landed a D coordinator who, who's lights out. And I don't know if Joe's ever met him, but, and uh, Cully, did you guys play UMass back in the day? And I got to think you guys might be a little bit older than him. So you maybe didn't play against him, but um, did you play those guys at UConn or no? Uh, yes, uh, yeah. we did. Yeah, well, we <laughs> yes, there, we, yeah. we sure did. Yeah. So there's a kid named Brandon Potman. He's a defensive end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big, strapped-up white dude. He's from Central Mass, went to Holy Name, like absolute prick. Well, go figure. He also teaches uh, PE with my wife at Burncoat High School here in Worcester. Nice. So, so I got him. He calls the show, kills it. And then my brother-in-law joined us. Who, that's going to be on our Woosa. You'll love this guy, Cully. Wait till you to talk to Mike Bink. <laughs> uh, I love it. Something else. I love so it. He's with us now. He coaches the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, you always have to, if you go through your Rolodex of people you need in life, you better know like an electrician, a car salesman. Right. Absolutely. Well, go figure that I met, I met the head of the plumbers union here in Worcester. He coaches our quarterbacks. The guy's phenomenal. <laughs> Bandy, I'm, I'm, so it's I'm like, uh, can I send you my resume? I'll send you my resume. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to sweep, I just want to sweep floors. I'll sweep no floors at Worcester okay. Academy. You could coach the pulling guards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's I mean, so so you really have a, you really have a good staff. You yep. know, I talk about your management style because now, you know, you're you're not the Indian, you're the chief. And yeah. like that you're and you're not leading just the kids. You gotta you gotta lead yep. men. You gotta watch these yep. men. And you know yep. they have problems. They have personal problems, and you you now have to supervise that and and handle yep. it. You know, t- talk about it because some guys just can't do that. Can't be the chief. They're they're just yeah. they're Indians. I, I, I um again, this goes back to every guy that I've worked for, and maybe pulling something from what they did, right? From yeah, from the guy that I had my first college job at. at Mark Matlack at Allegheny College to, to Gilmore to Murph to, to Coach Cohen is uh, I try to and I think this is the biggest thing and I think I've learned this and this is my like life philosophy now is that you have to be able to communicate and, and if it's a hey, hard right. conversation yep. you, you got to be able blunt. to communicate with people yep. and and that's what I think those guys appreciate about me is that yeah. I'm not afraid to, You're to, to call them out if they're not doing something up to snuff right. Um, and they'll, they'll call me out, too. They bust my balls just as much as I bust theirs. And I, I think it's a good me, dynamic. Not necessarily, you know, me not necessarily being that guy on the soapbox that's the head coach and just being, hey, listen, I am the head coach, and they know that and realize that. But I don't ever have to say that. They get it. You know, yeah. be on time, have a plan, 
two hours a day, you better coach the shit out of these kids and have yeah. a relationship with them. And then, hey, in the local area, if you're if, if you're at the freaking cigar bar and, and there's a dad next to you that's talking about his kid who's in eighth grade, you figure out who the hell his kid is and let's recruit him. Yeah, if you're at Sweaty Buddies, why not? Figure out who's no there. Doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Never <laughs> been there, Cully. Have not, not been to a strip club in Worcester. Jeremy? Never been to one. Come on, Jeremy. <laughs> I swear to God. We, well, we lie on the show all the time. I'm 25 years old. That's take what it, I said. Take it right to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you like being back in Worcester? Like, have you, I do, man. Yeah, you I, do. I love okay. the city. You I, like Wu Town? It's funny. It feels like home. I, I I met my wife here. You know, where where all great love stories start. The Banner Bar and Grill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Banner. A, the Banner's a, one of our sponsors, so that's good. Yeah. Bought a keto ticket from her, and that was it's all downhill from there. So <laughs> Joe and Bandy both met their wives at bars. That's just that's okay. just that's just I was incredible. With, I was with Viper J that night that it happened. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Bandy, how many well, nicknames do were you we, have were for we Joe? Game on? Was it game on? It was game on. That's right, game on. Yeah, how, I told the story on the podcast. You, you, Jer Jeremy, you have like forty nicknames for Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I got. You're very creative. I I wish I I gotta be creative with that. Like you, you that's 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 good. Like right off the top of your head, um, Joe. Same thing with you. You come in, you got your staff, um, you're putting together game plans. Now, again, you're, you're the chief, and you're also having a relationship with the head coach. How is that dynamic for you, you know, being in charge of men? And, and again, guys having problems, if guys have issues, having to, you know, tell a guy if they're not doing the job right. What was, what was your philosophy on handling that? Yeah, you know, that's uh, – it happens. Because, like, and, and I, like, I don't think – I like, for me, I never thought that I could be a coordinator because of – man, I, I'm a, I think I'd be a horrible manager with the other coaches, with the other assistants. I don't think I could do that. I can coach the offensive line. I can call run plays. I can call pass plays. But I don't mm -hmm. think that I could manage people. I think that is very, very difficult. And to be able to do it, to get everyone on the same page, everyone doing what you're trying to do and getting the kids on the same page, mm -hmm. that's just really something special. So that's why I'm asking, you know, because you, you've done it for several years what was what was your philosophy and in, in getting everyone on the same page? And you know, would you say you were tough on them, or were were you a little more hands off? Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, there's a lot of good good points there, and a lot of well, that's because I'm the best host in the in the universe. Just so you know, <laughs> no question. Um, well, I think the first thing you have to do when when you get in that position is you got to have roles. Um, you got to give people their roles. Right. Jobs and their expectations. And the, and, and you would that, sit you would sit down with them individually and go over that. With, I made I made a little thing on Vizio, a little like flow chart on Vizio. Oh, okay, I got you. Because the last thing you want, all right, and this has happened, and, and now you have to deal with, you know, these these interactions between the coaches. Like it's Yeah, I know. That's why I asked. Because like, that, that happens too. Because they don't like but, each other or someone says right. something about someone or your position group isn't playing good and yeah, I, I know. Right. But if you know, so that that clears up a lot of problems. If I ask you to coach the running backs and do um 
the protections or do the six man protections and do the screens, then you do that. Right. Don't do the run game. You're not doing the run game. Stay you're in your lane. Short. Right. You're not doing goal line. I didn't ask you to do that. Right. So if you don't clarify those those roles and expectations for each coach and, and put that up on the screen so they can see it, you're inviting a potential problem. Right. That okay? for and, I've and, yeah. and I've made that mistake. Okay. Well, so it, it, that was your first time, that. so you learned. Right. So you learned exactly. from it, and 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 you got it corrected. Right, got it corrected. So so that was the first thing we did, and then I mean, you guys both know me. I'm not a hard ass. I'm not a micromanager. I'm no, but you're to, you're uh, you're very analytical. I think. I think. I think you're you, you're you're a high IQ guy. You know football inside and out. You know offense and defense. So that's why, like, I, I think you would be a mad scientist, like a mastermind no, no, no. For, for, for scheming and game planning and having guys no. that aren't up to your, your standard. I think it can be difficult, you know, because you, you, it's tougher to work with guys if they don't understand, if they're right. not doing what they're supposed to. And because you're, you're such a smart guy. You know, there, yeah. there, there can be a disconnect there. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's also another thing that I learned here at Cornell. Um, to me, I, you know, I'm more of an environment guy. Right. I want to create a good, fun environment for the kids that yeah. they feel comfortable yeah. in. Yeah. And that they can go out and execute and make plays. That's it. Like that really, at the end of the day, probably like my third year here at Cornell. I, I was, you know, pulling my hair out. I'm like, man, I know, like, I know. these guys aren't really getting it. They're not really. Well, the reality was we, we just couldn't execute against Harvard and Yale and Penn that were better than us. Period. Yeah. So there's nothing you can do. <laughs> right. So, so basically, so what I came to was like, all right, I'm going to put together the most sound scheme that, that fits our players that they can execute. And I'm going to create an environment where they're having fun. And right. they feel comfortable going out and executing those plays. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But we're going to put our best stuff forward, stuff that we're good at. And and if it doesn't work on Sunday, we're going to come in with a great positive attitude. And we're going to come up with another great game plan. And we're going to all buy into it. And we're going to have fun doing that. We'll put a smile on our face and go out and try to execute and win the next game. Um, you know, and that that really got us to you know we went five and five here, which is huge. Yeah, twenty twenty two, which was the first time in nineteen years. Yeah, we we didn't have a losing, losing record. record exactly. Um, Bandy and Joe, I'm going to ask you this, Joe. You remember you met him, um, Frank, at the comedy yes. club. He 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 was my coach. He is the coach that has the relationship with the Hamilton College coach. Frank wanted me to ask because this drives him nuts. We'll, we'll I'll, I'll watch games with him, NFL games, college games, and he'll see the quarterbacks just getting annihilated, and he gets furious. He's like, the five guys cannot match up on the five guys. Why aren't these teams just running six and seven man protections, help out your tackles, help out inside, and, and just give the quarterback time 
and run three-man route combinations. He, whenever I watch football with him and, you know, he, he sees the quarterback getting hit time after time after time, he's like, why are they, why do they keep doing that? Why aren't they keeping people in to protect? What would, uh, Bandy, since you're the O-line guy, what would you, what, what would you say to that? Is that something you would do or how would you handle it? Well, and Joe, I think you, you probably are going to say this, um, I think when you truly become the play caller, and, and my perspective is so different because having been the line of scrimmage guy for so long, right? like everything we try to do at Worcester Academy, it is user-friendly for the O-line. Uh-huh. You, right? you put, like, you put them in position to have success. Yeah, like yes. and, and, and I think sometimes when – and this is no knack against anybody, and, and one of the best coordinators I've ever worked with or for, uh, Chris Pinson, who's the head coach at New Haven – I, I learned this from New him Haven, early. Right. Yep. Yeah, I learned this from from him early. Like he really understood the O line play, even though he'd never coached it, right? Or if he had coached it, it was you know not a long time. He's a quarterback guy, wideout guy, you know, more of an offensive skill guy. But you better make sure that okay, if if it's a five for five protection, all right. What happens now if if we didn't realize through film study during the week that. Our left tackle's not going to hold he up can't, against right. their edge guys. He can't. But we right. better have a we better have an answer, right? And I think sometimes, because let's just say it how it is, man. A lot of coordinators aren't line of scrimmage guys. No, they're they all, they want to get five guys, out there, <laughs> right? They they just assume that hey, if I draw this protection on the board, they're going to block it. Right. Right. Well, then it comes down to matchups. Well, where are you weak at? Like, who's their who's their best defensive lineman? Right. Is is our guy going to be able to block him and? Um, I learned that here early. You know, you, you asked about calling an offense and, and being a head coach. Um, when I first got here, we were doing way too much stuff. You know, we had all these brilliant ideas yeah, on the board, and, yeah. and I was like, oh, no, we'll be fine. This kid will protect. And then, you know, your left tackle gets hurt. And at the prep school level, when, when he got hurt, the backup quarterback went in at left tackle. That's so, who you had. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. so, now, so now, you know, all these protections you had all week, what the hell are you going to do What are you going to do to the quarterback? So it, <laughs> yeah, so, hey, what, whatever, however you can make it as easy as it can be for the O-line. And listen, it's the hardest position to play. It is. There's so many variables that change. And it's the hardest to coach. Snap. Hardest to coach. Yep. And it's such a detailed nuance. Yeah. Joe mentioned it earlier. You know, you you coach the wideouts, and it's funny. You guys will love this. You know, I'm the I'm the fattest wideout coach in the country now. I don't coach the O-line anymore. No, no. Coach Gilmore was. <laughs> yeah, coach wide, Gilmore said you were working coach. on your body too much. He said no, you were working no, out that too was, much. That was years. That's before I got married, <laughs> I and then I just gave up. So. <laughs> <laughs> he would actually but, say uh, that he said Bandy yeah. was too concerned about his body. It's like, okay, you want him to get you want him to get diabetes. I mean, let yeah. the guy go to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. But no, and that's just it, it. Better be easy for the old line, and you better have just simple answers, man. And just whether it's going from a man protection to a full slide, and you know, and, and here's the thing: you think about the number of times you call plays in a game. It, the answers don't have to be what you do every snap. You know, it, at the high school right. level, we're looking at maybe 50 snaps a game on offense, maybe right. 55. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. hey, we might go a five-step freaking man protection here. Well, hey, the next time let's full slide it and we'll – it may not be the best matchup putting our running back on the on DN, the, on but the at end, least yep. it's a change-up for them. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so like, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you think, Joe, but – 
Yeah. Well, I got, yeah, I this, this is my wheelhouse here, man. This, cause I am not just like JB just said, cause I'm you had, you and you didn't have the personnel. So you really yeah. had to so here's, help your guys. Here's what we did. Yep. Here's what we did. And I spent one year coaching, uh, two years coaching tight end. So I did get a little tight end tackle, which was one of the best experience. Know, I, loved, yeah. I loved doing that. You know, being with the an offensive line was, was awesome. They're, they're, they're but, characters. <laughs> But here's what we do, and, and this is where I think there's a huge uh, gap in college football now. Um, one of the first things I did when I got to Cornell is I took 90% of drop back pass and threw it out. Like, no, 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 we're not doing that. We, we can't Absolutely. hold up. We, it's gone. So what we did is we went to quick game. You were you know, three-step? Yeah, quick game three step. So a lot of people do RPOs now. I threw that shit out too. Like I don't yeah. want to be in the reading yeah. business. I want the quarterback to be, you know, fresh. I want him to know exactly what he's doing. And when we get into the fourth quarter, you know, if you're an RPO team, you're reading every single it, play. It's it's too quarterback much. Is, it's too much. Lot. Yeah, I agree with so, you. So so we went straight quick game. Yeah. And then we we get the thing that I think separates us and and really is a huge opportunity for college football coaches, but they don't. You know, you'll, you you almost look like a leper. Is to get under center. You were running run outside football, zone, right? Run, run zone. Yeah, you don't even need to do outside zone, but run the football and yep. then move the pocket pass. Get the hell. Get the oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Out of the damn pocket. Okay, like I got you. That's the key. That's the key because once he's out of the pocket, now you're making these guys chase you around. You know, so you're, you're not you're not, a, you're you're, not at seven and a half yards, and they're trying to create yep. this halo around you. You're talking like play play, uh, play actions, nakeds, and sprint out. Is that? Yeah, we, we do very few nakeds, like actual naked nakeds. We're, right. we're always protecting the quarterback's blind side. So you'll so pull you'll pull the guard. A, no, no. Fuck oh, that. okay. That's, that's a waste of time. Okay. For for us, it was a waste of time. <laughs> okay. No, we, we we would leave a tight end in. Oh, right, right, right. Ship down, and then just to get him out of the pocket, and we we to absolutely get set the edge. Teams. I got you. Yeah, we gutted teams with these three level flood concepts. I got so, you. You know, we so we, you know you knew. Yeah. We led the league in first downs, twenty two first downs a game. We led the country in time of possession, thirty four and a half minutes a game, with simple quick game. Yep. run game and move the pocket pass. And right. That protects your offensive line and your quarterback. And yeah. Vince, I got to get some of that flood stuff from you because uh, we're we're in the same, same business, way. dude. You know what I find at my level is that one, the five step drop stuff, full field progressions, all that bullshit. You they one, can't read it. Yeah, it's too much. A, a, yeah, a kid at the high school level has no idea. You got to get in half give field. A shit yeah, how many seven on seven clips he's posted? He don't know what the hell he's looking at. <laughs> right, it does, yeah. they have no clue. They have no fucking idea what's going on. No. Two, if uh, if uh, if you're playing a good team that's well coached, and, and we see that quite a bit in our league, um, mm-hmm. they're going to adjust. And hey, they might have been a field pressure team that whole game, and you're sliding it to the field. Well, all of a sudden, they just switch to a boundary. But to the team boundary, and, right? And your quarterback's like, "Why am I getting hit in the head? I, yeah, we, right. I don't have enough time." <laughs> Let alone his understanding of being like, "Hey, you need to slide the protection the other way." You got to like, check it right. Yeah. So yeah. you don't you you try not to put the protection on the quarterback to call out at the, at the line. No. You, it's, call, it's called no. in the huddle, and it's on you yeah. to call it properly. Exactly. I like that. We we do it the other way. You, we, you, if the quarterback can handle it, 
you know, yeah. I agree with you, Joe. That's a, that's probably the difference between you know, yeah, college and high school. But our quarterbacks call every single protection. Yeah, they, so they know where they're protected. They know where they have to be hot, and if exactly. they're if they're able to to read it, I agree with you. The the, the quarterback should call should call it. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask both of you, um, I've known Joe for a while, Bandy. I just feel like I know you because I've heard so much about you. Probably two of the most well liked guys around. You know, nobody nobody says a bad word about you. Every every coach loves you. And, you know, at the conventions especially, and everyone has so much res- so much respect for you. Like, Bandy, like, I, I, again, I, I met you once, but I heard so much about you, and, you know, I watched all your film, and I had so much respect for what your players were doing and, and what a great coach you were. How, you know, having that reputation, because there, there's a lot of guys that aren't, that aren't well-liked. What do you think is the difference? And, uh, Bandy, I'll start with you as to, to how you guys kept this great reputation, you're well-liked, and you're known as great coaches. I, I think, I don't know, Joe. Joe and I connected really quick, man, when we worked together. And, it, and I just think it's just – just comes down to being a real person not having an ego yeah i'm not perfect you know i i I, you know we weren't perfect every game and there was probably something i could have coached a little bit better from time to time but i just think being just being an open book you know being humble and, and just you know being able to relate to people and understand that hey yeah did we have great teams at harvard when we were together we did but you know, a lot of that came down and we had really good players too. Of course, and, you know, on top of, of course. You're coaching them and you're you're getting the best out of them. But I, I just, as I get older, man, and I meet more and more people through this racket of coaching, and just you know right away whether a guy's a, a real guy or not. And I, it, I think there's there's right one thing I've seen, and Joe, you're you're around that world a lot more is, and, and I see it from a different perspective because guys now are you know coming to the academy to see kids. Um, and there's so many egos, man. Like yeah, the, the was, social media world yeah. with everyone's <laughs> egos and, and posting clips and tapes. And, you know, I, I grew up with nothing. Now I run this program or, you know, I, I've i been painting fields. That's where I started. Now I call plays in the Big Ten. Like, I don't give a shit. I of course. Care. Like, are you just a genuine dude? I don't. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's got their own fucking story. Yeah. Like, you don't need to tell me. Like, I don't care. Like, are you just a – are you a guy that when the practice ends – and I think this is one of the reasons we had a lot of success. And I'm learning this as a head coach. The kids know when the coaches are all on the same page. They do. They, they can staffs, see it. Yes. We, those staffs we had at Harvard, man, and everybody got along. There there wasn't like a riff. You know right. what I mean? It just, they all just genuine guys that, hey, we get a big win on a Saturday. You drive by where like the wives were and all the coaches were having beers together, man. So yes, exactly. Like, we knew how much we worked and we enjoyed each other's company. You were families. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. and that's what I feel like right now at Worcester Academy, why we've had some success. And, and to be honest with you, I never thought that we would have success this early. You know, no. It's a combination of talented kids and the staff, man, we hang out all the time. We go to the gym together. We, you know, off season, we're always getting together. We're supporting each other's interests. You know, we're going to watch the 
you know, the other coaches' kids wrestle or we're going to hockey games that guys are coaching in, and we just genuinely get along. Joe, uh, what would yeah. you say? Because this, you, same thing with you. Incredible reputation. Everyone says you're you're uh, awesome guy. Everyone says you're a great coach, um, and you and you're brilliant. And how do you think you've maintained that reputation? And, and how have you gotten along? Because it's so, I, I, in my opinion, it's so hard in this business for everyone to get along. Like the staffs I were I were on. I mean, it, it, I I used to call it being on the pirate ship. You got to just sleep with one eye open because someone's coming for you. Like, like yeah. the, it, it just it didn't have that dynamic. You are, you know, like I said, brilliant, well liked, and a great coach. I appreciate that, man. That's 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 not true though. But you know, here here's the deal, and, and I'll say this about Bandy. You know, I've I've always you know prided myself on you know recruiting character kids and you know being able to recognize character. And I think one of the, the first things that, you know, I liked about Bandy was like, he was just a real guy. That's what, like, that's just, what everyone it, says. He's a, he's, he's yeah, a he's, man's he's man. Old, yeah, he's a man's man. He's an Ohio guy. He comes in driving a truck. He's blue collar. He, he's blue collar. <laughs> and he'll, yep. he's like, he's, he, he wasn't afraid to say he played offensive line at Baldwin Wallace. Which and, is a great program. <laughs> Which is a great. Oh, I stunk, dude. I was awful. I barely hey. played, but it was great. I had a great time. Yeah, I, I was that's awful it. too, Bandy. I know. But that's it. But th- that to me though is the fact that J- like JB can sit there and say, "Yeah, I was awful. I played a ball of Wallace," <laughs> and but he's not acting like he was playing at Ohio State and was an All American, sure, Ball Wallace or whatever. So he was just real and he was honest about that. The like, same thing you, you you asked me the other on the podcast. I was like, yeah, I was a walk on, dude. I wasn't a I, no. I remember. Kid. I remember. So. So I think that's the first thing that I always appreciate about somebody is that they're honest and they're humble about where they came from. And, you know, if you're that and you're not trying to, like, pretend you're this or pretend you're that, then I think that shines through right away. And that was what I noticed about JB. And I always, you know, you know, tried to uh, – I love Ohio. You know, my parents both went to Bowling Green. Jeremy's an Ohio guy. So I love right. the Midwest. Always wanted to marry a Midwest girl. I did that. Yep. So it's like, you know – all those things were good. And then the other thing I'll say, you know, Jeremy's a, he's a, he's the, the organizer, man. He's the connector. Like he has the spots. Like he would always organize this bus stop pub. Like I mean, no one had ever been to this place <laughs> right next to, right next to the stadium. Yeah. And Jeremy, Jeremy somehow finds it, becomes friends with the owners. And then it becomes our spot. And we're meeting <laughs> a couple times a week and having a couple beers and just enjoying each other's company. And, and sharing stories and so that was i think just a unique thing you know we all live pretty close to to harvard um with the exception of maybe one or two guys and we'd all you know enjoy each other's company and um and yeah so it was just fun man it was good times and then you know the, you don't have to take yourself too seriously well you, know? you gotta like have fun you're you're working yeah. You're working 12 hours a day i mean you you gotta have fun you gotta have some characters you gotta have a sense of humor exactly um, I, I got to ask you both this because, um, again, Frank had wanted me to ask because we discuss it all the time. Um, when Bandy at Holy Cross with, uh, with, with Coach Gilmore, we would have meetings for, for like three hours, and he would, he would talk about toughness. He would say, how do we get tougher? 
How do we build toughness? How do we recruit toughness? And it, I, I would hate the discussion, and I would always raise my hand because I, I was a prick, and I'd say, Coach, can't build toughness. You either have it or you don't. And that, that was my philosophy. I think, you know, kids, especially today, the, 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 they just don't have it like they, like they used to. It's just not there. But I think I always saw toughness as something that you, you either have it or you don't. Do you think toughness can be built and developed, or do you think it, it's you, like what I said, you either have it or you don't? I. Man, that's a great question. That's because right? I'm the best host in the universe, best host. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and I really believe that this is this probably this question's probably been going on since the history of the game, right? Is this can can we get everything we want out of this kid? And and that's the big one. That's that that's the the box that you check. And being on the other end now is every college guy that reaches out is he tough? Because I mean, yeah, I don't. What, what does that mean? You know, is he going to play through injuries? Is he mentally tough? Is he all these things? I think you can develop it. Yep. I do. I don't, but I don't think it can go from the kid has no toughness to he's the toughest son of a July. He's the I, I don't think right. you can, you can't flip it. Um, you can I develop football, it. Uh, yeah. I think you can develop it. I think you can create situations off season, your season, um, that, that are going to challenge the kids and, and then you'll know, you know, I think that's what, uh, we've noticed as, uh, a staff when we took over at, at Worcester Academy was we've had kids that have shown toughness that we never thought we'd get it from them. And then we've had kids that haven't. Right. Right. Um, and it's tough when you're so only I don't, bringing I don't in... know if I answered, I don't know if I answered the question. You, no, you did. you did. You did. You, you did. And it's tougher I, with you because you're bringing in 12 to 15 kids. So you, right. you, you can't afford to miss on like four yeah. kids. You, you, you need that toughness. Yeah, absolutely. And because how, what's, how big is your roster? We're, I think we're right around 45 right yeah, now. Good, good. You know, and, that, and yeah. the goal's 50. If we can carry 50 every year and, you know, we the, we're fortunate too. There's a middle school here, so yes. we, we we're recruiting a lot of eighth graders right now, which is not something necessarily we've done in the past. But I think to get really get what you want out of a kid, man, if you can have four or five years with them, then that's when you're really cooking with oil. I, that's what really, that's what does it. You get them from the ground yeah. up. The kids are and the kids are in the program. They see it. They see the older guys going through it. That's when you develop them. Uh, Joe, on the podcast we had, I think uh, Mr. Wells was was on with us, and yeah. um, he basically said the same thing. He said that because he was a coach, he said the the best thing for him was he was the middle school gym teacher, so he got to mold the kids from the ground up at the right age, and that's where he would develop the toughness. What would you say is your philosophy? Do you think toughness can be developed, or that, or you, you just have it, or you don't? Well, I think I think Bandy hit on what I what I believe is like physical toughness. Like, are you willing to stick your face in a fan and put your face on another man? I think that is more you have it or you don't. You could right. sit here right. and you could you could rip a guy and talk to a guy until you're blue. But if he doesn't have that physical like want to and that like I think that's a very difficult skill to 
you know, hey, yeah, he might, you know, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good football player and find a home, you know. And, right. You know, football players come in all types of different, you know, sizes and, you know, uh, mentalities, whatever. But that, I think, is something that is hard to develop. You know, you yes. can't, you're not going to, well, especially now with the rules, like you can barely hit and tackle. And no, practice, you're, so. you're, you're not in pads. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah the, so. <laughs> you, can't, you can't even put pads on. You're absolutely right. Um, um, but mental toughness, I think, is something you can develop. Right. You know, that that is developed through, to me, through a program. Right. A consistent. The program. Program that's challenging the, and hard. And if the kids show up every day consistently, the identity. That, yeah. You know, that then I think you, you're able to develop some mental toughness. Right. Um, okay. The, the 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 question I wanted to ask both of you. Um, just about your futures, because you've had incredible journeys. You, you know, you've paid your dues. You've worked your way up. You know, Bandy being a head coach, Joe being an OC. What, what are your goals for the future? Do you like Bandy? Do you see yourself going back to the college world? Do you like? Would are you gonna stay at Worcester Academy for for five ten years? Uh, Joe, do you want to still be an OC? Do you want to work at the FCS level, FBS level? Um, do you, would you go back to being a position coach? Would that be a hard transition now? You know, as you were the chief, now you're back to being an Indian. So, what about your futures, Bandy? You first. Um, man, I'm I'm in a good spot. Yeah, you're happy. I, yep. Yeah, yeah, we're we're pretty happy, man. And I and I I went all in. I, I knew from talking to other people that had gone through this process of being out of prep school and, and what it took to win. And you know, I have a really really good friend who was the head coach here, um, previous to the past head coach and talk to him he had success and what it took and what it looked like um and, and the administration has been great for me here and they i say it all the time you, yeah. you, you want to see yeah you want to see a commitment to winning in athletics whether it's at the high school level all the way up through the pro level are they building stuff are, are they investing money back into athletics and i mean well it's, a, yeah, it's a billion dollar industry the, now <laughs> it, it is and even you're seeing it even at our level um, oh, as of a course. High school football coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're building a $20, $25 million athletic facility right now. They're putting, they're redoing our turf field this summer. We're, we're going to have one of the better athletic complexes in, in New England for prep schools. And that's a commitment, right? So I, I, so it's I a really great position. Yeah. I was really lucky to come in at a time where, you know, the, the football program was kind of second fiddle and, People didn't really pay attention to it much, and there had been so much history here of winning. And like, there was, yes. I mean, talk about the NFL guys that have worked at this place, from Ken O'Keefe to the head coach at Iowa, Ferentz, and you know. Oh, I Sherman didn't know that. Was here. Wow. Joe Philman was here. It's, it's wow. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Names, yeah. Yeah, they came through the place. So the the tr tradition and history has always been here. It just took some some critiquing maybe and just kind of different philosophy coming in with the process. And I say all the time, it takes a village. Um, and, and right now the village is very supportive. Yep. We're in a good spot. Um, as far as going back to the college level, I don't know, man. Yes. Yeah, I know. Joe, Joe, you can speak on this more than I can, but no, they, I, I feel like I'm a psych, I'm a psychiatrist, Cully, when these college guys come to campus. 
Like I should get a big, <laughs> you, you, I, I, I should know, get a big, I should get a big leather couch for the office and just have them lay down and just talk to me about their feelings in their life. Bandy, I'll FaceTime you, know, you. You can, I'll talk to you. You gotta get, get oh, me straightened out. Man, it is, it is just, <laughs> you know, because listen, if you're if you're big time, right? If you're in one of those top fifty programs in the FBS. Yeah, you're making you're making money that you can't make doing other things Correct. just to coach football. But if you're not, man, good luck. It is a hard life. It is. It is. It is. And it's hard. It's hard on families. You know, you want to have yep. a family, and you, you're not going to see them. So the the position yep. you're in, they're they've invested in the program. They believe in you. You're you're getting the kids that you need, and, and you're very happy with your staff. And you you see yourself staying for a long term until they until they yeah. kick you out. Yeah. And it's good yeah, that you're a head coach. I mean, you've never been a head coach, so that's incredible that this is your and, first and time. I'm learning every year too. Uh, you know, I you yeah, I you always that, do. You always do. Yeah, I'm I'm learning every day, man. I'm teaching there. They asked me to teach something I'd never done in my life, and oh, I'd love you know, to be in your class. I, I wasn't excited <laughs> about, but I, I actually really enjoy now. I enjoy getting to know kids and different families outside of the football world on campus, and I, I work in Res Life. You know, I'm in the dorms. Oh, so that's, a that's perfect. Nights, yeah, nights a week doing study hall. My wife and I are fortunate enough. They gave us a. We live in a three-decker right behind campus with some other faculty at Worcester Academy. It's a it's a good it's a deal, great setup, yeah. man. I it's a really really good deal, and and um, yeah, as long as they'll have me, I, I don't see why we would leave. Even though I argue with my wife all the time, I don't know why the, the hell we live in New England. It's cold. The weather sucks. Yeah, I, I, know, I, could, I know. I could go do this. I could go do this easily in Florida, but um, yeah, you go to I am you go to IMG. No doubt. Kelly, you know this. When you meet people from Worcester, good luck getting them fucking out of Worcester. Because my wife is in Worcester as they come. Man, I don't think we leave You're the right. city limits. Like, You're right. We're not allowed to go to like a bar in a different town. We have to go to the same bar in Worcester every weekend. You can't get on I-90. There's no we way. See the same, we see the same 20 people at the same bar. You're right. Listen, I'm going to the Boynton. I'm going to the Boynton Love at 3.30 yep, when I get right. out of here. And we'll sit down at the bar. It's fucking Norm from Cheers, dude. My drink is going to be sitting there before I even make yep. eye contact with the bartender. <laughs> and her, her glass of wine is going to be sitting there. And we're going to see the people over in the corner that we see. We're going to wave to them. And there it is, man. Freaking uh, Worcester. Uh, the That's boy. the life, man. That's the life. What about what about you, Joe? What about you? Where like where would you like to go in your future? Would you go to FBS? Would you would you stay in FCS? Being a coordinator, would you accept being a position coach? Yeah, I mean, right right now I'm in a, a big transition phase. You know, we just got let go here at Cornell. Um, that was very unfortunate because I really believed in what we did, and we yeah, really started I agree. the corner. Um, so. Yeah, but that's the way it goes. You know, that's uh, that's the business. Yeah, AD hires an offensive coach, and the offensive staff gets let go. That's the way it happens. So, whatever. Um, but yeah, my my thing is, you know, is the right fit. You know, I do have three kids now, and you know, four, three, and and seven months old. So right. I'm in the thick of that, and to drag my family to a a place or a position that's really not, um, like 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 Bandy said, you know, like you need stability. Yeah, you need stability. There's no family stability, but to drag them to a place where, 
you know, just to kind of make ends meet is not what I'm going to do. Right. You know, that you're there's gonna... a lot of moving parts now. Yeah. Um, so I, a lot I to love think football. about. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to think about. I love football, but I'm not married to it. But your, you know, your, so your, your wife is incredible. I mean, she's so supportive. Like, like she, I she would do that, anything. Yeah. Yeah, she will do anything. So, you know, but those those jobs are so hard to come by. You know, of course, if, if you get an FBS job, you're going to take it as sure. a position coach, of course. Um, but I've had other coordinator opportunities and offers since I got fired here at, at Cornell that I turned Well, I, well we, so. we, 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 you didn't get fired. We, we lie on this show. You decided to leave. That's that's what happened. <laughs> no, man. It's part of the deal. we got to tell the truth. So, so yeah, so, so we'll see what happens. You know, I... I really believe this, you know, as a football coach, you know, we don't get enough credit for the amount of hats that we wear and the things and the skills oh, no that we idea. actually have. Yeah. Um, and I think that those skills are very valuable anywhere. Yeah, believe uh, me, to, they are. Whatever it is, you know, like, like, like JB's teaching and doing, you know, you know, basically admissions at a, at a really well, you know, respected $50,000 to go there. Right, Bandy? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I it's mean, not cheap. No, no, yeah, it's not. Exactly. It's not. It's not cheap. But Joe, like, for for it, it, if you're looking for a job in coaching, it's mm-hmm. it's like no other job. Like, if you're looking for an right. insurance job or or whatever, you know, you yeah. apply and you interview and you get the job. Coaching, it doesn't work like that. No. You don't just apply and get called in. You you got to know no. someone. You got to make calls. You got to find the right people. Has, has that been what you have been doing? Have you been, you know, because you have so many connections, you've been reaching out, connecting yeah. with people, and the, and the process is different. Then they then they bring you in. Then you actually do a formal application. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like reverse of what the real world does. Right. You, know, you you have to know somebody. Like, and I was joking with my wife yesterday, you know, because she's in the real world where, like, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you have to send a cover letter and resume. Yeah, exactly. But here, it's like you have to know someone. Yes. Exactly. And then the, the resume and cover letter comes way later. Yeah. And really, it's just a formality. They don't even look at it. No, they don't. It's just a, you know, like they know. They, you, know. they know you. Yeah. So, and if they don't, you're not even in the in the conversation of getting the job. So, so yeah, it's kind of like the reverse uh, the reverse cycle. I've been networking my ass off. Uh, and that has been actually pretty good. I'm talking to a lot of people that I haven't connected with in a long time, um, which is my fault. You know, I should have been better at networking and staying connected. But um, I, guys, I think I think you've done. I, honestly, I think you've you've done a good job with that. Like me, I did not do that. I wasn't a I wasn't a networking guy. I would just you know go watch Netflix and eat pizza at the convention instead of going out and meeting people and making connections. I think you I, I think you have a good network. And and Bandy does too, so I think that that'll definitely help you. And you you are an incredible coach. You have a great resume. You you have respect. You're dedicated. Bandy, same thing with you. You know, again, never heard a bad word said about you. Um, I've watched. You're not talking to the right people. Yeah, yeah, no. I, <laughs> believe me, I I talked to a lot of people, man, and because I I had always wanted to meet you, because uh, Matt Fanning would talk about you all the time. Fanning just loved you, and he would tell stories about you, and uh, I was I always wanted to meet you. And I met you once, and that was when I brought Khalif Raymond up to Pro Day. Oh yeah, and yep. I was late. I was late getting him there. <laughs> And because they, they were like, where, what the hell's going? Where, 
going on? Where the hell is he? And uh, we we woke up late at the hotel, and uh, I was late getting him there. But that that was the nah, first nah, time it, I met you. Still, it still worked out. He's still in the league. Oh, he's so doing great. No, he's doing great. And yeah. he, I I gave him my agent, and my agent's taking care of him. And I'm so proud that um, I was great. able to help him, and he's doing well. But that that's where I met you. But the same thing, like such a big personality, such a fun guy, and, and very well respected, and just a, an incredible, incredible coach. And it's now now it's not just the offensive line. Now you're leading men. You're 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 leading the kids. You're at a prep school in one of the top prep prep schools. I mean, you, do you guys play St. John's and like Mount Hermon? No, we 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 can. You know, everything is. Yeah. If you look at Mass, it's there's the NEPSAC, right, which is the New England Prep School Athletic. I don't even know what it stands for, but whatever. It's the Prep School League, right? So that's that's every prep school in New England. You're a NEPSAC school, and then like St. John's, they're MIAA. So okay. They're, they're even though it's a you know private Catholic boys school, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Um, they still play, you know, state of Massachusetts. Oh, so, they do. Okay. You know, they do, yeah. So they they actually, you know, they're um, obviously very, very, very great history. A lot of wins. Right. Um, they're in the Catholic Conference now, so they're playing. They're playing the big boys, and it is a uh, it was a it's a step up from when you know you had those great St. John's teams that were beating up on Central Mass all the time. Right, right, exactly. So, you know, they're playing CM and playing BC High and oh, playing, wow. you know, the preps, St. John's and yeah, it's it's been a little bit of an adjustment. They they got a new head coach, um younger guy who went there who played there. Uh, I think he'll turn it around. Really good vibe. The kids love him. Um I have been impressed so far. You know, from an outsider looking in, I don't I don't know what's really going on at the school, but all the reports I get, because I, I I've worked with a lot of guys that went to St. John's, and right. You know, when you're in Central Mass, you probably ask five guys that you meet. One of one or two of them went to St. John's. Yeah, that's why so I asked. I didn't of, know if you played them. Yeah. So in no, uh, uh-huh. Mount Hermon, you don't play them either. No. The no, only no. reason I asked my father went to Mount Hermon. He has. And gotcha. He told me he used to play. They used to play Worcester Academy. So who 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 do you guys play on your schedule? Who do you have? Yeah, so we're you know, so we're in the Evergreen Conference, which that's you know, a horrible name, by the way. Yeah, the Evergreen. That's a like horrible. That. I don't like the. I, I don't, I don't like Evergreen. Can't control what they call the league. I don't have <laughs> I a know. file for that. So, uh, they. Uh, but no, I love the league. The league was the perfect situation for us, and um, it, we're Class B. You know, years ago, Worcester Academy was Class A. That's the big boys. Correct. That's Choate, that's Cheshire, that's uh, Exeter, oh, wow. Deerfield Academy. That's that's Class A. Those are okay. the big boys. That's that's the probably the best football in our area right now. Right. Avon Old Farms really good. Loomis. Oh wow, uh, yeah. Brunswick. So yeah. the Connecticut then, but, schools. Yeah. So, but our league, um, our league is pretty spread out throughout New England. So we, you know, our furthest bus trip is probably about an hour and a half, two hours. But you know, we play schools in New Hampshire, Rhode Island, oh, Connecticut. Wow. Um, and, uh, it's been a great league for us. It's a really good fit. Probably, you know, historically here, the last five years since I've been in it, you know, St. Paul's school up in Concord, New Hampshire, they've consistently been one of the better teams. And then Dexter Southfield, which is right there in Brookline, 
um, they're, they're really good too. They got it rolling. But those two programs, Hamden Hall down in Connecticut, yep. Joe Linta. Yep, I um, love Joe Linta. Joe, yeah, Joe's my guy. <laughs> He's man. a character. I've known Joe a long time. Uh, Joe does a great job, man. They got guys. I mean, they yeah. just had a, a really good senior class. Kid going to Northwestern. Kid going to Holy Cross. Really, really good football. And they they won our league. They went undefeated this past year. Wow. So, um, but yeah, so our, I think our league is great though because you have. You have really, really good football, you know, and then you have maybe not so great. So it's a good balance of but you're you, playing like-minded institutions, and you got good kids. You got really good kids. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that makes a difference. And I was just curious: did did Coach Gilmore end up anywhere after Lehigh? No idea. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. No idea. He's probably yeah. pizzeria delight waiting for me. Yeah, waiting, waiting had not for, had not heard had not heard anything. The buffalo chicken pizza. All. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we ate. Um, okay. Well, I have kept you guys longer than I should have. I could talk for you with you for hours. Uh, great job, great job. I, I appreciate you having me on personally, man. And I I think Joe stepped off. It was lunch. No, I'm here. Got the, I'm here. I'm oh, he's still there. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Cully, for having. Oh us. yeah, yeah. I no, it's you know, been awesome. What we'll do, Joe? Um, we'll 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 invite Bandy. We'll uh, we'll you guys talk and pick a weekend, and oh, yeah. uh, we'll have Bandy. We'll go up to the lake. We'll we'll go to oh, camp. Joe, uh, Bandy, Bandy. I have, we have a lake house and the Adirondacks. Cully, I don't even know where you live. Where, where are we? Where are we going? <laughs> it, 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 it's a it's a horrible place called Utica, New York. <laughs> It, okay, it, it's right. the doldrums. It's where I think we used to. Pr- when I was at Holy Cross, I think we used to practice at Utica College when we played Colgate. Yes, yeah, oh, you shit. you wow. you do your walk through yeah. there, absolutely. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's it's about it's about four hours for you. Um, nice, Joe. We had Joe up for a weekend last year. It was just incredible. So, yeah, awesome. you got. I mean, how many kids do you have? You don't have kids. That's right. You're oh married. no! Yeah, we 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 got two little dogs, man. They're, that's, that's you can bring the dogs. You can bring the dogs. So oh, yeah. yeah, so you you and Joe pick a weekend that works, and and pick a long weekend. We'll do we'll do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, nice. we'll have we'll have you up at the lake house, um, Bandy. This is for ninety seven point nine Unity Radio. This is on in Worcester. Um, that's the station. Um, we're going to be doing a show um, uh, about the Worcester Red Sox coming up as well. Yeah, fired up, man. So that's something you you can be a part of. Um, if you, you know, if you know the team, you know, we'll, we'll we're going to have access to the. Oh, player. like like we talked, like we talked, man. I, I think we could do a great job. I, I'm a season ticket holder from the day the park opened. Oh, beautiful! Got, I got two seats right behind home plate. Uh, love the experience. I oh, awesome. Love Worcester, man. I feel like that that ballpark is changing this city. It's a great vibe. It's really good baseball too. If you oh, no, it is. I, I it uh, is legit. Those are the guys that are playing it. You know, with those the Sox, are the guys yeah, playing in freaking Fenway. You know what I mean? And it's been awesome to watch those guys develop. And hell, Chris Sale had a rehab start there once. Yeah, it was awesome. It, yeah, it's been a great experience. So yeah, we I called I called two games last year. And uh, nice. I got to do it. I love Polar Park. And then I we also called uh, Polar Punch Out, which was the boxing event there. I don't know if you heard about that. 
They had an outdoor, yeah. So, so we called that. So we're gonna uh, Unity Radio is gonna be involved with the Woo Sox. We'll we'll do a Woo Sox show. Have access right. to the players and the coach, um, and I'll come out when I can to uh, call games. If you awesome. if you want to come to the press box and uh, you know you can do do the color. I think I think awesome. that would be hilarious. Joe, if you want to drive four <laughs> four hours, you're welcome to join us. But um, thank you, thank you guys so much for for being on the show. Uh, for Joe Villapiano, his uh, his first podcast has has dominated. Uh, this one I think is going to dominate as well. Mr. Jeremy Bandy, just a pleasure pleasure to talk with you. Um, and my catch line as we sign off: Remember, when life gives you lemons. Don't make lemonade. Take two oranges and throw them back at life.